Welcome to Damila Tech Talks, your go-to podcast for the latest tech trends. I am Jane, and I will be your host today. Uh, join us on this journey in Damila Tech Talks, where we share valuable insights through uh, inspiring discussions, all with the goal to explore the latest tech trends and offer tech knowledge uh, and try to enrich your life, enrich your experience in your career. I'm super excited to uh, kick, kick off this first episode. So uh, for the first episode of Damila Tech Talks, we have a topic for everyone who is wondering, how do we make the best product decisions? Everyone in product development, uh, also me as well, is always wondering if we are really building the right product, the product that customers will really use. So for that purpose, today we will deep dive in product discovery, the importance of product discovery, and the techniques that we are using in order to know our customers better. For that, today we have my three colleagues here, uh, Andrea Stankovic, uh, Principal Product Owner and Damila, Olgica Strezoska, Principal Product Owner and Damila, and Dona Mitkov, Product Owner and Damila. Welcome to the, to the first episode of Damila Tech Talks. Nice to be here. Super. I hope you're excited for the topic as much as I am. And for the first, first question right away, how do we make sure we build a product that people really want? Well, if you ask me, first, I'm always trying to validate that the potential target group actually has some problem or need that we would like to satisfy to our problem product solution. And while that process of discovering, I'm actually allowing myself not to always be right. You know why? Because when we think that we are always right, it's then when we are building the wrong products. So I'm focusing always on listening to what my customers or my potential customers are saying. And I'm trying to identify and validate their actual problem or need. So I can be sure that the product solution that we'll provide for them will be the best product market fit. Um, I, I really need to th I really uh, think that we need to focus on what our customers desires are, uh, what they're searching for. And then it's not an easy task at all, but uh, we need to analyze, we need to try and make the right decisions in order to be able to build the product that meet those desires. I don't really think that we can be sure that the product we're building um, will be loved and used by the users, uh, but we can invest efforts into uh, discovering the problem, um, also testing and validating the solutions and assumptions we have. Uh, before building the product. In that way, we can decrease the risk and the uncertainty and also uh, make data-driven decisions or in some frameworks, they're called um, assumptions or bets about the product. That way, um, uh, the product that we are building has more chances of being uh, valuable for the users, viable for the businesses, and also technically feasible. Super, great first answers. And from what I can see, Mostly you were talking about user and user needs, but yeah, how do you make sure you really understand the customer needs and, and preferences? Um, gaining a deep understanding of the customer, uh, customer needs and preferences is actually the focus of um, product discovery. Uh, in a product role, we often know so much about the market, the competitors, uh, their USPs, um, the product portfolio of the company. And we uh, often think that we know everything about the user. 
but that is often a misconception. Um, we, first of all, um, as product people, are not our average user. And the second thing is that um, even though we might, might know a lot about our users today, um, in a, we it might not be true for tomorrow or the day after because user needs change. Um, industries set up new standards and the expectations of the user change constantly. That's why we need to constantly learn as much as possible uh, about our users, about their needs, expectations, but also try to understand the context that we are exploring so that we can detect the opportunities that lie there and explore them further. There are a variety of techniques that can be used um, in the product to facilitate the product discovery process and to gain to, to help us gain this comprehensive understanding of customer needs, expectations, um, their views of the problem, uh, but also understand and get this holistic overview of the situation and the context we are exploring so that we can learn faster, we can learn earlier in the process, we can learn as much as possible in order to increase the chances of our product succeeding. You mentioned techniques. Any particular techniques that you use most or they are most useful during the product discovery process? There are a lot of techniques. Um, usually what we start with is desk research. Um, by doing desk research, we can understand the industry, we can understand the company, the product portfolio of the company, also understand the market. Um, the trends, the projections, um, use ex existing research, for example, NPS, customer satisfaction index, um, market segmentation, and so on. This will help us get this broad idea of the situation that we are going to build our product within. Um, and of course, uh, the most popular technique uh, that is associated to product discovery is the user interviews. Um, this is where we shine as product people. Uh, we need to listen to our users. Uh, we need to uh, be in constant communication with them in order to understand their needs, expectation, their psychology as well. What are their beliefs? What are their um, values? Um, everything that we uh, that uh, can help us make better decisions. Um, interviews can be conducted not only with the end users but also with um, uh, other people. For example, stakeholders in the company experts as well, um, first-line employees, uh, for example, people in the contact center or tech support, or people in sales who are in constant communication with the users, know their problems, their pain points. For example, what's generating most calls in contact center, what is generating most, most tickets and so on, in order to gain their perspective of, of the problem we're researching and their point of view. Um, also, we can do focus groups, for example, uh, where we get eight to ten people in a room together with a moderator talking about the subject uh, of interest uh, to uh, figure out how they're for forming opinions, how they're thinking, how they're making decisions as well. We can observe uh, and um, do this contextual inquiry and we can all of we can back up all of this qualitative data with quantitative data, for example, do uh, questionnaires, surveys, if we are in the digital world, then we can also do final analysis, um, um, heat maps, and so on. Um, other techniques may include um, co-creative workshops with users where we explore the problems together and also try to solutionize together with our users. Um, five whys in order to get to the root cause of a problem and so on. 
So a lot of techniques are out there. Not all teams or um, uh, for all contexts should uh, should we use all of them, or we should um, uh, use only the techniques that bring value to our situation. But for me, what's more important than any technique that we can use it is the mindset. In, in these activities, we need to have this open mindset. Um, be ready to experiment, be very curious, and be um, be able to extract as much data as possible from uh, all of the techniques and activities we do. You mentioned quite a, quite a few techniques, mm. but I don't know, Donna, can you maybe remember other techniques that you are using? Well, mm. Andrea provided quite an in-depth um, answer, and she mentioned most of the techniques. What I can add is that nowadays we are often using the term Oh, Google it, or search for it, or Shazam it. Meaning that um, keyword research and social listening is um, present in our, every, in our everyday lives and is also uh, beneficial during product discovery. Uh, a lot of companies, uh, actually most of the companies today, have a certain web or social media presence. And it's really important for us as product people that build products to understand uh, what our customers or potential users um, have as an option out there. So a lot of techniques, mm -hmm. but probably a lot of data coming in as well. So the question is here, obviously, when you gather all the data in the information, what do you do with it? Yeah, it's interesting. We are listening to our customers. We are gathering a lot of information, but what do we do afterwards with those information? So actually, we synthesize all the information. We're usually starting with the research wall where we have like one central place where we're putting all the information, everything that we've heard, they've said, uh, all of their feelings, um, everything from our observations uh, when we're observing our potential customers. So we can have like a single place for all information. And we're starting from there. First, we're doing some affinity mapping to try to find some patterns in the uh, thinking or what have been said uh, from our customers. Uh, because that will make us one step closer to the potential product solution. Afterwards, we are usually defining user personas and empathy maps because it's important for us to understand the specific type of users that will be actually using our product. That is one more confirmation about um, the, the good product solution that we'll provide. And with the empathy maps, we are uh, sure that we're having like a holistic view or holistic understanding of our customers because we're focusing not what they are seeing or what they are doing, but also on their emotions to understand better their pain points. So once we build empathy, once we understand our users, then we're building their user journeys. We're using usually as is and to be user journey so we can find the gap, what is missing in their current um, as is journey so we can improve that with our product solution. We are also using uh, constantly hypotheses and assumptions that through the discovery process, we are validating that so we can confirm or reject our hypotheses. Also jobs to be done as one of the techniques that we are using so we can specifically define everything that our customers uh, will be able to do actually to be sure that we're satisfying their needs and that they'll be able to fulfill their responsibilities or whatever they are doing. And yeah, that would be it, I think. What's the, well, it's not it. It's a lot from, from what I can hear. A lot of activities coming uh, all over. But that, that begs the question, are you 
doing product discovery alone or is someone also part of it? Yes, Jana, we're doing everything alone. <laughs> no, no, I don't doubt. Uh, I'm, no, I'm joking, of course. Uh, but the product roles within the company, depending on the structure of the company, it can be the product manager, the product owner, the product designer, the researcher as well, uh, also the tech lead and or the architect um, are the people that are driving the activities within the um, product discovery process. And they're also called this core team. Um, why are the product people uh, important product roles? Because they are the ones that need to learn so much at the beginning so that they can early in the process define what we want to build and how do we prioritize and the tech now lead or the architect is the one that also early in the process needs to um, assess the technical feasibility of what we want to build and have this high level solution of how we're going to approach the problem. Um, but this is the core team. Uh, I would say that there is always an extended team. So uh, as I mentioned before, we can include stakeholders, we can include first line employees, we can uh, include subject matter experts that can help us um, gain as much information from them, but also share their point of view and their perspective in the problem that um, we are researching. Uh, and for me personally, uh, it is of crucial uh, importance that also the development team is included in the discovery process as much as possible, as time permits. Uh, this is uh, because of few things. Uh, for me, uh, first and most important, um, I think in, it improves the communication between product and development uh, in terms of the product owner will not have to write these uh, robust, very detailed requirements and th then just hand them over to the development team to write code and to build the product. And the second thing is that uh, I think that having the persona in mind, having, um, having the developers know uh, the user needs, who is the user actually, what we are, we, what we want to achieve with our product, um, will make them uh, do uh, better in their work and also make better decisions while writing the code, while building the product that we want. So to conclude, um, everyone that will make better decisions in their line of work um, can benefit from being included in the activities um, of product discovery. Um, I, I completely agree that um, it's not allowed to do product, uh, product discovery alone and I'm personally not doing it. Um, I've been usually doing it together with the tech lead, the team lead, the product designer and whenever needed we are including uh, the rest of the team members as well as other stakeholders. Um, basically everyone that we think um, will learn something and will have an impact on the ideation uh, and uh, solutionizing process. Um, this, in this way, well, we can all be sure that whatever we are trying to build uh, and sell basically later on is technically uh, feasible and on the other hand will provide a great user experience. Yeah, I'm definitely agreeing with everything that uh, Andrea and Donna said. Uh, I will just add uh, on the teamwork why I consider it's important to also include uh, the other team members in the product discovery phase. Because um, when we include our team members, our teammates in this uh, phase, we're helping them to understand the business goal behind every requirement that we have defined for the product solution. And with having the business goal in mind, 
they can put um, uh, themselves in the customer's shoes and they can better understand their perspective. And also, we never know from whom the best ideas will come. Usually in the ideation process, uh, when the team members join and they provide uh, their view of the um, problem that we have identified, we are gathering a lot of fresh and uh, interesting ideas. So many times the best solution can come actually from some of our team members. That's usually what happens, yeah. <laughs> and that's why we, we I, I completely agree that, that, that we have to involve them as much as possible and the amount, the amount of time they have available for that. But yeah, you mentioned that you do a lot of activities. You have the start of the process, then uh, you do a ton of activities, then you are trying to make sense of all the information, you are involving the team members. So when does this end? How does this process progress? Does product discovery ever end or? It, it never ends. Um, uh, we as a company and in general, uh, we are aiming towards uh, continuous data-driven discovery, uh, meaning that we are gathering customer feedback all the time. Uh, we analyze it and we make sure that whatever we are trying to, uh, to build, we are building it by uh, providing the right, the right ideas. Without gathering continuous cu customer feedback, without doing continuous, continuous discovery, we will not be able to do so. If you're doing continuous discovery and if it never ends, product discovery never ends, so how are you sure that you have enough information in order to, to, to take the next step and start development? I am wondering the same thing <laughs> all the time, if you believe. So, yeah, it's very hard sometimes to decide when we should draw the line between discovery, uh, ending discovery and starting development. But personally, how I'm deciding when we need to uh, conclude the discovery phase is when I'm starting to seeing uh, repetitive answers from our customers and when I'm recognizing the same emotion um, uh, in multiple users or customers that we're interviewing. So, for example, if I notice that uh, they have the same frustration when they are speaking about a certain topic or a certain pain point or when I feel they have the same excitement, uh, when we are discussing on a topic that is uh, maybe related to a potential functionality in the product, then I'm confident that we have identified the problem right, that we have confirmed that with our users and that we are ready actually to move towards development. Um, for me, it's very important that um, product discovery is not misused as an excuse to, to further push development. Um, I think that we need to be aware that we will never have zero uncertainty or um, all the knowns will, uh, unknowns will become known within the um, product discovery. So we need to be able um, to start as soon as possible with something small. So start small um, and try to get this feedback from the users as soon as possible to get the, into the feedback loop and be able to iterate and make your product better. As, as Olgita and Andrea said, it's really hard to, to define when should um, discovery, uh, when should discovery end in a, in a sort of, and basically a development and delivery start. Um, usually, and maybe all the time, discovery and uh, delivery overlap, meaning that we need to be mindful on the fact that if we do maybe too much discovery, we may end up wasting a lot of a lot of resources. And on the other hand, 
if we do not do uh, product discovery enough, we may end up launching a bad idea. So, so from my so far, far experience, I've been working on products with really, really tight deadlines and limited resources. And what we were usually agreeing is that we're following certain best practices, meaning that if we have, if we are solving a problem that is clear, uh, which have enough information, then we are doing, uh, then we are doing only few uh, product discovery uh, methods. Or if we have something that it's uh, unclear, completely new, then we are doing uh, more discovery methods. I know that maybe this is not the right or the wrong way of how to do things, but at the end of the day, data is what determines uh, if the problem we are trying to solve is worth solving or the idea is worth designing. Thank you. Thank you for the answers. So you mentioned quite a few things in the last question, but I could also detect some challenges that, that, that you have also by determining when to start. Uh, but being a product guy myself, uh, I know that I face a lot of challenges uh, in product discovery from, I don't know, users not showing up to, to, to interviews, not having a well enough segmented group or getting, I don't know, very subjective answers, etc. But what are some of the answers that uh, answers? What are some of the challenges that you have faced during uh, the product discovery process? Well, product discovery is definitely not a straightforward process. Um, it does have a lot of challenges. And if I'm talking from a previous experience, what have happened? Uh, what happened is that uh, the customers were complaining. I mean, we were talking. We are talking about a product that's launched. Customers were complaining that the reporting features we had weren't good. So they wanted better reporting features, they wanted new, new reporting features, and they weren't just complaining, but they were saying that they will stop using our product. So what we did, we immediately deprioritized the feature that we were planning to, to work on, and we started to focus only on reporting. Perfect. We launched reporting, and what happened? The customers never ever used those, those features. And soon after, we launched uh, the rest of the previously deprioritized uh, features and customers were really happy and satisfied. And we even attracted new, new customers with these features. And back then, I was like, oh, I, I cannot imagine what would have happened if we decided not to do the reporting first and focused on the rest of the things. This shows us that um, uh, in order to validate an idea, the most expensive way of doing so is build it and launch it. Product discovery minimizes this, um, the risk of launching something that's a bad idea. So we all need to be aware that product discovery is really, really important. Uh, we cannot skip it. And it's not about the output rather than about the outcome. So yeah, an interesting <laughs> challenge I must say. So I was just thinking while Duna was speaking, if I need to uh, point out one challenge, what, what would that be for me? So I would say that uh, maybe the biggest challenge is when uh, we don't have enough time to do a proper discovery and we don't have enough resources. So we know that, uh, that the discovery is a must. We, we know that that's what needs to happen. 
but uh, maybe we have um, some pressure to uh, move faster with development or uh, we are already occupied with uh, some other things related to product. Uh, so we don't have enough time to actually do that proper discovery phase. But what do you do when you don't have enough time for product discovery? Yeah, so many times I've, uh, I was doubting if I need to just continue forward with development and uh, believe that my assumptions are correct or I should do at least something. And I think that in most of the cases I'm actually uh, forcing to do at least some mini discovery where I will speak with uh, some SMEs or some people from the support team or from the sales team because I know that they are the first line while communicating with our customers and they can give me really valuable insights. And also I'm using uh, all the information that I have gained from the previous uh, discovery phases. So yeah, to, to give the final answer, actually I'm always doing at least some mini discovery because we cannot build products based only on our assumptions. It's the wrong way. Andrea, your input? I think we've all been in situations where um, we were told to build some feature uh, because competitors have it. Um, and that really frustrates product people because um, you don't do proper discovery. You just implement something because you need to fill in a checkbox, uh, a feature that the competitor has. Um, we need to understand that um, um, the number of features of a product is not the recipe for success. It's, more, it's far more complex than that. And also I would mention um, the, uh, the confirmation bias um, where we as product people uh, tend to uh, go quickly into solutionizing, into getting ideas and falling in love with our ideas. Uh, and that can uh, lead us to finding clues and finding uh, confirmation uh, during the interviews, during the research phases um, uh, for our idea, for our initial idea. We should try to avoid that as much as possible. In a way, fall in love with my product ideas constantly. I've <laughs> <laughs> half product people, managers and owners, etc. But yeah, uh, so thank you for that. But uh, for the next question, I know that you have great experience and superior experience from, from different industries as well. Uh, so my next, next question would be, does product discovery vary from industry to industry? And I don't know, uh, in which industry would you see it as being most, uh, most beneficial? Well, um, to be honest, I do think that product discovery is really uh, valuable and accepted and beneficial within the IT world in general, no matter in which industry the, the product is. Um, I would say that it's maybe easier to conduct and more beneficial when we have products that are in post-based uh, environments, uh, startups definitely, uh, but it, it is harder to, to conduct, uh, not impossible, but really hard when we are talking about regulated environments where we need to follow a lot of legislative and also like millions of approval processes needs to happen in order uh, one experiment to be done. And in, this, in these situations, usually uh, people discourage themselves and they decide not to do a product discovery, which me personally, I don't think that that's right. Yeah, well, 
just add that I think that the product discovery process is needed or is uh, the most beneficial in every industry uh, where customer needs evolve. So we're witnessing um, that we're living in this dynamic world where uh, the customer needs are constantly evolving. So I would say that every industry that is um, consumer oriented and that is uh, dependent on um, technical changes or technical improvements definitely will require to have a proper discovery process. Yeah, I fully agree with all you and Donna and wherever there is innovation, there is emerging customer needs where there is high competition. Yeah, we need to, we need to include product discovery activities for sure. I know it's also with some of you, one of you mentioned that this is a favorite part of the work. It's also mine. And yeah, I can talk about that. I'm sure you can talk about product discovery for the entire day, but, uh, because we are reaching the limit of our time that we have for our, for our podcast, I would just like to kindly ask you if you have any ending quotes for our listeners and viewers for, for today. Should I go first? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Well, I will give maybe some advice for all the product enthusiasts um, who are in love in the uh, building uh, product process and uh, that they should stay curious and that they should keep building empathy for the whole time while building their product. Uh, product discovery should not happen only once at the beginning and to be confident that we now understand our customers and we have empathy uh, for them. But we need to uh, uh, constantly uh, listen to our customers, what they are saying and keep asking them why, because that why will give us most of the answers that we need for our product. And in that way, we'll be uh, with every discovery phase, we'll be a step closer to building the right product for the right people. There. Um, yeah, I, I can say that I love the product discovery process and um, it's maybe the most favorite thing uh, and the best thing of my job. Um, although it can be very demanding, it can bring chaos, you can feel that you're never going to have enough information or that you can never be comfortable with the decisions you're making. But it's also very rewarding when you see that um, the product that you have built with your team um, is solving users' needs that it was it intended to. So um, my I would say that we should embrace the chaos and uh, we should all enjoy the uh, discovery process. We are all people in product here. And what our job is, is basically to, as our topic is, to make the right decisions in order to build great products. And product discovery is definitely a must. What I like about product discovery is that, is that it's not a template way of work, rather than uh, it requires constant learning and developing new skills. And as Steve Jobs once said, learn continuously. You always have one more thing to learn. So yeah, I just love learning and I love product discovery. <laughs> Great quote to end with. So that's all the time we have for today, unfortunately. I would like to thank you, ladies, for your time and, uh, and insights. And for our viewers and listeners, thank you also for your time. I thought, uh, I thought, I hope you found us insightful and interesting and that you will join us for the next episode of Danula Tech Talks, where for sure we will take a, tackle another interesting tech topic. Mm -hmm.